the backstory on a lot of controversy that was, you know, floating around my name over the years. If there's anything that I want people to know, it's that, you know, I, I never was trying to do anything shady with, you know, my, my sampling or anything like that. It wasn't, I, at the end of the day, I was just trying to make music that I thought was cool, that I, that I loved. And I wanted to share it with as many people as I could. This is the Last Week Liquid Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Last Week Liquid Podcast. Hope you're all having an amazing time wherever you are in the world. My name is Simon, and I produce drum and bass under the name Mill Street. And today I'm bringing you a very, very special chat with Josh, better known as Alexander. A few quick things before we jump into the episode. Uh, make sure you check out the YouTube channel for the podcast. If you search Last Week Liquid on YouTube, you should find it pretty easily. Uh, if you want to check out the video uh, format of the episode, as well as selected clips from previous episodes, uh, that's your place to do that. Um, please also check out my Patreon. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, if you uh, tune in week in, week out and enjoy these interviews, uh, consider supporting whatever you can on Patreon. That would mean a lot to me. Um, and finally, check out my Twitch, uh, Millstreet underscore DNB, where we do the live streams for the rundown episodes uh, every two weeks. That's the episodes where we focus on the news in the drum and bass scene and recent releases, etc. Uh, if you want to check out that uh, live, it's every second Wednesday uh, on Twitch. So make sure to go and follow me there. On to the episode now. Um, had a ton of fun recording this one. Uh, quite a special occasion as well because, uh, as you might have seen on social media, Alexander, who had left the drum and bass scene for close to two years, uh, decided to come back. Um, and so, yeah, it was great to have him on the show and dive a bit into the reasons why he decided to stop producing drum and bass two years ago, the controversy that was happening around him at the time uh, regarding mostly his use of sampling. Um we talk a bit about the lessons he took from that whole experience, uh, but then mainly why he actually decided to come back to producing drum and bass now. Um, so yeah, really an insightful chat and uh, and quite a unique one, uh, which I really enjoyed. Uh, we also talked quite a bit about his, his main job, uh, working on top of wind turbines <laughs> and how that brings him a, a great balance uh, in his life. So uh, yeah, really enjoyed this chat, a uh, really laid back one. Uh, I think Josh is definitely a, a genuine person and a very, very kind person. And I hope that any, yeah, any controversy or any bad feelings that some people might have had regarding the the way he, he sampled, uh, I hopefully that can all be put behind now with, with this chat now. And, uh, and yeah, just hope you enjoy it. And, uh, as always, feel free to get in touch with me on my socials uh, if you have any questions or ideas regarding the podcast. Um, and yeah, I leave it at that for now. So as always, thanks a lot for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. And we're on. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of the Last Week Liquid podcast. Today, I have the immense pleasure of sitting down with Joshua, better known as Alexander. Josh is a drum and bass producer from the US, which releases across the likes of Celsius, Terra Firma, and Glitch Audio. In late 2019, he announced he was stepping away from the drum and bass scene to focus on his synthwave alias, Vintage Reel. 
However, after nearly two years of inactivity, a subtle change in his Facebook profile picture got the drone-based world speculating at a potential comeback. And today, it is with great pleasure that I can confirm the return of the mighty Alexander. Welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. That that was one hell of an intro, man. That's Am awesome. Am I hyping it up a bit, <laughs> bit too much? Or? It's a lot. No, it's a lot. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, so yeah, so I... I I guess it's it's no secret that yeah I I ended up leaving and there was um, there was a, a an incident that recently occurred and I'll refer to it as an incident because it was completely unintentional but I did update my profile picture on my Facebook page to um, not not really to tease that I'm making a comeback but it was I mean obviously I. I wasn't going to update the picture on an inactive like account. So, you know, the, you know, the rumor that I am bringing Alexander back is a hundred percent true. Um, mm. And we could get into the reasoning for that in a little bit, but I didn't know that Facebook was going to make a post <laughs> about it when I updated it. So it, it yeah. kind of, it kind of sp- spilled the beans on that. And I, I didn't realize it until after a lot of people had already engaged on the post and I started getting notifications. It was, it was kind of a snowball effect. Like I can't, I can't delete it now. So many yeah, people no, have seen it. It's, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, that, that is what it is now. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's sort of what, and you mentioned, um, you mentioned Vince, vintage reel, um, which is another alias that I kind of just let die off. I guess I haven't been too active on that account either. Um, it's, mm. it's been, it's been kind of ever since leaving Alexander, it's kind of been a crazy time for me personally and in my personal life, um, and in mm. music as well. So, it, you know, I, I did have plans on on taking that uh, that account seriously, and I, I still do. But I've I've definitely fallen off of that one too. <laughs> haven't yeah, haven't released yeah. anything in a while. But yeah, no, I'm definitely curious. Obviously, we're gonna chat a bit about why why you left, how you decided to come back. But mm-hmm. I think also for me, what's interesting is a bit about your a bit of your thought process during that period, and maybe. I don't know, learnings you, you took from, from that time and, and things like yeah, that. But definitely. just coming back to to the Facebook profile pic, it's, it's just funny because I was telling you before we started recording that I I brought it up on the other show I do called The Rundown, where we uh-huh. chat about the news and releases at Drone Base. And I was I was pitching it to my co-host as like this genius marketing move of like, <laughs> you just change your profile pic, but you don't say anything. <laughs> And then it gets right. everybody talking and stuff. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's an excellent that's an excellent strategy. If that's what I I mean, I guess I could have I could have played it off, you know, like oh that was my yeah. plan the whole time, you know. But it's so yeah. I think the irony irony in it is so perfect that it's like I I have to be honest, like I really didn't plan that at all. Mm. Um, I sort of I purged my socials, so like my Twitter, my Instagram, uh, I removed mm. everything and changed the picture there, but you know, no notifications or anything like that. So I figured I'd be fine to do it on Facebook and not realizing that that's something that Facebook uh, has, yeah, you yeah. know, an automated notification system. It's, it just made yeah, its own yeah. post and, it, it, you know, it cycled out of control. I saw the engagements and everything I said. Yeah. And even th- in my head, I, even though it did made a post, I looking at it, it was like, there's no way that a lot of people are going to see it anyway because I've been inactive for like two years. Mm. And I, I, I don't know, like people just started seeing it. It was, yeah, it was really for me, bizarre. it just popped up. It just popped up straight away. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it's somebody I'll else. I'll be sending Facebook to... a letter. I don't know. Yeah. 
they Rudy totally here. spoiled my announcement. Yeah. That's not that is not how I wanted to do it. But I think yeah, it's 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 a genius marketing strategy. It is. It is. Let's let's keep it that way. But <laughs> I mean, at the same time, isn't it kind of like comforting to know that like people like yeah. for example, I saw it, and for me that was straight away like a talking point for our mm. other podcast, and other people started commenting and sending messages like. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, like, <laughs> what is that about? Why did he do that? You know, and honestly, that that actually that played a role in me reviving the alias. And and what I mean by that is every month, um, and you should know this as as you release music as well. Um, you get like an email from Spotify. It's like artist mm. Spotify, and they send you your like your monthly listeners, uh, mm. new new listeners, countries, all of that stuff. Like they send you your stats. And as, as like ever since I quit the, the alias, I would still get those emails for, um, you know, for vintage real, obviously. And then for Alexander and it was crazy to see how many monthly listeners I still had from the point of me retiring to even to now. Mm. Um, it's, it's, and I, I never really understood why. I mean, I guess, my music was still there and a lot of people did like my music and enjoy my music. So I didn't, I, I guess I didn't think that people would stop listening, but it was kind of a staggering number to me at least. Um, mm. and, and so that, that sort of played a role into, um, motivating me or inspiring me to bring the name back, um, instead of rebranding. And yeah, I yeah, kind yeah. of, I kind of <laughs> mentioned that, that, that other alias to you, we can discuss that if you, if you want, but yeah, it, um, that definitely played a role in, and so seeing seeing that many engagements on a post that was sort of accidental mm. was was almost like a blessing in disguise. It was it was kind of like wow, I had no idea that uh, that many people would would still really appreciate yeah, my music care. and and you know be that excited to to hear more of my music. It's yeah. it's it's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's re it's super interesting. Uh, what you're saying really reminds me of. Uh, when I spoke with Colossus, Toby, uh, mm. it was this like a, a year ago, it was the second episode of this podcast. So it seems like awesome. ages, yeah. uh, but he, he mentioned, cause he took a long break from the, from the scene as well and get kind of fed up with it. Uh, but similar, maybe not as public as an exit yeah. as you, <laughs> but still like, uh, stepped away I'm from dramatic, the scene. And, you know, <laughs> but he, he did mention that for him, like, actually still seeing people constantly listening to his music and reaching out to him for years. Yeah. Like, almost made him feel like I owe it to these people to actually like come back and make more music. Yeah. That's that mindset is very, very relatable. Um, I've, I, I logged out of my SoundCloud for, you know, the last couple of years and in the past few weeks I logged back into Oh my God, man. I thought, I thought I, I thought I was opening like a spam email after, after years of not opening it. I had so many messages, um, different artists, um, asking me production questions, um, saying, Hey, you know, I, I really, really enjoy and miss your sound. Um, just, it just, yeah, a, a wealth of messages, um, people saying how much they missed Alexander and it's, it's crazy to me. I never really thought that when I started releasing drum and bass that, um, that it would, it would get this way. I mean, I, I really only wanted, I just wanted people to hear my music and, and enjoy mm. the music. 
it was never about clout, it was never about fame or, or anything like that. I didn't even know what DJing was when I first started making DMV. Mm. I my journey, like from when I when I started getting into the DMV, it's 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 kind of funny. It's it's crazy, but it's mm. nothing that I really thought it would get to. I mean, I don't even know how many followers I have on SoundCloud now, but um I was satisfied with a hundred. 200 you know the number the numbers were really never never like something that i really focused on Mm. Um, because my goal in drum and bass was just to share my music make music that i thought sounded good and and share that with people and that that maybe that mindset kind of led to me making the decision to retire just because of the flag that i received for the music that i thought sounded cool and people said (laughs) no you can't do that you know yeah well then let's get a a bit into that i don't want to like reopen old old wounds and and all no, of that, but uh, uh, it, it's it's still a very like relevant debate, I think. Because yeah. uh, it's it, it, this is never going away. Like sampling, <laughs> I think it's going to stay forever. So yeah, uh, yeah. As much as you want to dive into it, what, what was kind of your mindset two years ago when you decided to yeah. take a step back? Um, so I know I, I dropped that video. Um, on my YouTube channel and explained as much as I did and I'll, I can reiterate and get more into detail. Um, there was a lot going on in my personal life as well. Um, whether it was my relationship that I was in at the time or my job that could have also been clouding my judgment. Um, but mainly, yeah. So there was, there was the, the, um, the, the, the sampling, right. I couldn't think of the word. Um, <laughs> there was a sampling that I was doing that I guess seemed rather controversial. Um, I, and to this date, I still, I, I don't understand the, the, the rules, uh, but it was, you know, me sampling current day music, we'll say from like 2014 and so on. Sampling mm-hmm. from those tunes, whether it was snares, breaks, even even down to kicks, anything that I thought sounded nice that I could implement into my music, I would do it. Um, not not seeking any sort of beef with any producers or anything like that. My my goal was to, like I said, make music that I thought sounded good. Um, and so I can I can understand and I can respect that a lot of producers make a lot of their sounds from scratch, um, but a lot of them don't i I don't know that seems like a cop-out answer but uh in my head it was it wasn't something like i'm gonna go and rip somebody's break and i'm just gonna throw it into my tune blatantly Mm. i would never use somebody's if i did use you know sample somebody's song or like elements from their song i would never just throw it into my track unprocessed and you know just use that as is I would always do some sort of tweaking or processing to it. And 99% of the time, I won't even say that, 100% of the time if I used someone else's samples, it was in a layering process. Yeah. yeah. So I never ripped somebody's break and just threw it into, oh, that's like my drum break now. Like I never yeah, yeah, yeah. I never did that. Because even in my head, like that <clears throat> seems immoral. That seems yeah. wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, which, and I guess I, I can see other people's like mindsets if somebody's has spent hours, you know, putting a break together or layering a bunch of snares to get a, a final sample. I can get how that's like stealing someone's work. Um, but at the same time, I thought that that was sort of the premise in drum and bass. I thought it was all based around sampling. And, and yeah. I apologize for my ignorance. Um, <laughs> 
I was so ignorant to the whole drum and bass scene and even EDM as a, as a genre, if, if you want to refer to it as that. Um, when I, when I first got into it, I, I, when I started making drum and bass, I was a hip hop producer, just making beats and selling beats mm -hmm. online. And, uh, a buddy of mine, good friend, uh, like a brother at this point, um, he, he goes by horizon high. Um, he, he showed me like all of these different genres in EDM and I sort of gravitated towards drum and bass and, uh, and a couple other genres. Um, and at first I was like really, really, really like strict in the way I produced. It was like, I'm not using drum breaks. I'm not using anything. I'm going to build all of my breaks from scratch. And with <laughs> that came, I guess a, a, a sort of very experimental sound, but a lot of like really shitty tunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously like when you're new to production, you know, you're not going to be making like grade A tunes in your first yeah. year. It's just not going to happen. But um, I feel like the lack of good sample usage really affected my overall sound and my overall quality of sound. A lot goes into it, you know, mixing and, and, and things like that. But I think having the right sample selection is huge. I think it's major. Mm -hmm. um, and so at, at some point I abandoned that mindset. I don't know if it was because um, Horizon High, his name is Ruben. I'm going to call him Ruben. Um, I don't know if it was Ruben constantly getting on my case like, you need to you need to use breaks. I mean, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like roasting me or, or insulting my sound, but it's just it, it's important to like really fill out your, especially when you're new, to just to really fill out your drums to make it make it sound like a fuller sound. Um, and so that's I, I sort of just kept with that mindset. It's like I, I need to I need to have a really good sounding break, really full sounding break. So um, why am I going to stop my sampling at the year like two thousand? It, it just mm -hmm. it. I wanted to make sounds that were current. So I felt like my best opportunity was to sample current music. Um, mm. And so <laughs> long, a long journey to get to this point, I guess. Um, uh, I was, I, I was a part of a bunch of different uh, communities a couple years ago um, on, on Twitch and on discord. And I would share my music to get feedback and, it, you know, I guess you could say that I sort of sold myself out when I was asked about certain elements and I, I said, yeah, I mean, I, I sample it from this person or this tune or whatever. And people, uh, people shared their thoughts as people do, you know, and yeah. whether it was the fact that I just wanted to make cool sounding music and share it with as many people as I could. And I just took it personally or the fact that I was going through a lot of my own personal life, um, I received it in a way in which it was kind of like, fuck this. Like, I don't need yeah. to be a part of this. You know, I, I get that. And and I mentioned in my video, I get that there's a lot of people that supported my music and there's a lot of cool people in the scene and the industry. And, and I, I still believe that. Um, but at that point in time, I didn't see, I didn't see any of that. I just saw like all of this criticism, mm -hmm. all of the, all of the harsh comments and, um, there were the experiences that I had with, with various labels and, and failed releases and uh, plans changing and everything. It was just like, dude, this, this industry, it's, it, it sucks, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, there's, there's parts of it that do and parts of it that don't. And, um, and that led to, that led to sort of the decision. It's like, you know what, my whole mindset on this was to just make and share music that I loved and, and, 
I felt like I was being attacked, you know, it, mm. maybe, like I said, I, I could have had a completely wrong mindset dealing with that situation. Um, but I'm older now and, and my mindset is different. And at this point, it's kind of like, uh, I'm still not really in it for clout or fame or anything like that. But I do feel like that, that sense of like, I, I need to repay all those people that messaged me for the last two years. Hey, man, I really, your music helped me through this experience in my life, helped me with these really hard times. It's like, that's, that's the reason that I got into it to begin with. That's why I did it. So it, it kind of just, kind of just put me back on, on track. It's like, you know what, if, if people really liked my music that much, I, I feel like I owe it to them to, to mm -hmm. continue making it. And so I started experimenting with drum and bass again, six months ago, eight months ago, um, me and Ruben or Horizon High, we, we sort of, <laughs> he, he pressured me a lot into it. Um, and he'll hear this, but it, it, it's kind of his fault. It's kind of his fault that I'm in drum and bass anyway, to begin with, but it's kind of his fault that we ended up launching a secret alias, um, which is now going to be public. It's called Phoenix and Caldera. Um, it was sort of like a secret partnership to, I guess, sort of ease me back into making drum and bass again mm -hmm. and, um, never really planned on, um, making that public. Uh, it was just sort of like my opportunity to start making drum and bass again and release and see how people like the music. And it kind of, uh, we got, we got a couple releases out and, uh, after a lot of conversation with him, it was like, maybe maybe I should just bring back Alexander. Um, mm. and that's sort of, that's sort of where we're at now. Um, mm. so I guess the official statement, yes, Alexander <laughs> is back. Um, there are releases in works right now. Um, probably in the next couple of months, uh, we'll be, hopefully mm. we'll be hearing some, some fresh Alexander tunes. That's so, brilliant, man. Yeah. I need some I'm, water. I mean, definitely, uh, on that, uh, YouTube video where you <clears throat> announced you were leaving, there were a ton of messages underneath from people saying that they were influenced oh, by you and uh, mm -hmm. got into drum and bass because of you and stuff like that. I know you mentioned Lennis before we were, we started recording. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah the video itself, um, okay. <laughs> this, it's like a really humbling thing to say, but. I didn't think that I was anybody, you know, mm. um, obviously I knew a, a good amount of people liked my music, but I, I didn't really realize the scale of, you know, how much people, uh, like had listened to Alexander tunes, if that makes sense. It, it was mm. sort of staggering to see all of those messages and even from artists that inspired me and my sound back in the, in the day, like one of my biggest inspirations, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to name drop or, or anything like that, but I, I was a huge fan and, and still am of, uh, I don't know. Is that, I don't want to, I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus though. So maybe I yeah, should sure. say, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fuck it. It's, it, it is what yeah. it is, but huge, huge, uh, fan. And like I said, they really inspired my sound. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I just loved pulling Bryson tunes and I tried to, tried to get, uh, releases on Solvent. Um, I managed to do that a couple of times. Um, but just to, to see like people that sort of pioneered my sound and my, like my, my vision when it came to making drum and bass to comment and, and leave the words that they did, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was just, it was really unsettling because like I said, I, I didn't think I was anybody. I yeah. still don't. Um, and then months later seeing <laughs> probably my biggest inspiration in my sound, Etherwood's been Alexander tunes. It was just, I couldn't believe uh, it. Like I really couldn't believe it. And at that point it was already like, this is the decision that I've made. Like you can't just say, uh, on second thought, yeah. I'm actually going to come back, you know? And, and so to, to see that uh, I have that kind of support that people really liked the tunes and just in the past couple months, logging back onto my SoundCloud and seeing how many plays that certain tracks have, I still, I still can't believe it. I, I don't understand yeah. it, but it's awesome to see that kind of uh, support. And the fact that I had put that community together on uh, Twitch when I was streaming all the music production and everything and, uh, artists like Lenny's, uh, perspective shift, uh, ethereal riff. There's so many, so many amazing talented producers that I was able to inspire or maybe help with my techniques or anything like yeah. that. It's, it's so humbling to see that. And, um, to see that at this point after accidentally revealing a picture <laughs> that I still have that much support. It's, yeah. you know, and the monthly emails from Spotify that I have all, the, all of these listeners, it's, it's amazing. And I still don't, it's yeah. like I said, I, I, I try to be as humble as possible. Um, I, I just really didn't think that I was, mm. I was shit. I didn't think I was anybody. <laughs> so, um, I'm curious when you, like when you came to that decision to to step step away for a bit, uh, mm-hmm. how much was it also maybe partly due to the fact that like you're, obviously you're American, you're based in the US. Yeah. And it's like being American is already that much harder to actually, <sighs> That's you know, true. pierce through. Yeah. So for me, when I saw your video, it, it came also a bit of, like, and it was, this may be just, just me projecting but it also felt mm. a bit like guys i'm in this the u.s like nobody does drum and bass over here like i'm paraphrasing obviously but uh yeah. like give me a break <laughs> no it, that's that's very true that's that's also a mindset because like i'd mentioned i i'd wanted to share my share my message you know i wanted to share my music with as many people as i could um and the fact that there was i felt like there was so little outreach as an American artist, um, it, it, it was very defeating. You know, you'd, you would spend time on, on making your tune and then you would go into the process of releasing it and then it would release. And it's like, you know, how many, how many people are actually getting to hear this? You know, I, I feel like obviously the scene is a lot different now than it was years ago in the U S. Um, it's still a growing scene, you know, but, um, I, I would, I would see like videos of, um, like some of the festivals that you guys would have overseas. And it's like, fuck man, like why (laughs) I wish we had stuff like that because it, it just gives you so much more of an opportunity to share your music with a wider audience, I feel. And so having, having limited resources here in the, in the U S I mean, there, there's little club nights that you can go to in LA and it just, it's not, it's not really the same thing. It's sort of like, I feel like if you have a name, you can sell out one of those club nights. You could, you could definitely mm-hmm. put numbers in, in a room, but um, I don't know. I, I just saw, I saw the festivals and everything. Like I, it, it was so, it was so new to me too. Like I, I had no idea the different dynamic from, you know, just selling beats on YouTube to, mm-hmm. 
being uh, a drum and bass artist or a DJ. Uh, uh, I had no idea. Like I said, I had no idea DJing even existed. I saw videos and pictures of like EDC and shit. I thought that was all fake. I had no <laughs> idea until I actually went. It was yeah. uh, in 2017 or 18 until I physically went. I was like, this is incredible. This is amazing. Look how many people are here just to experience different kinds of music. Um, yeah. And so in my head, I was like, I, I, I need this opportunity, um, not, not for fame or fortune. Like it's not, I'm, and I could be wrong by saying this, but I, I feel like drum and bass is a, is a niche genre. Like I don't, oh, I is, don't yeah, think you, sure. I don't think you, you become financially successful from, from spinning DMB. And that yeah. was never my intention. But at the same time, I, I did want to, uh, I did want that opportunity, you know, to, to like spin larger festivals and things like that, just because I know how German bass feels when I listen to it. And mm. from seeing the reaction of a lot of people, I've, I've, I've had a few sets before and just seeing, you know, being in that moment with, with you and, and the, and the person in the, in the audience, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's an incredible feeling. And so the fact that, yeah, um, I, I felt like there wasn't that much of an opportunity in the U S to do that. It's just, it almost felt like I was wasting my time. Um, yeah. And so that, yeah, I could definitely say that contributed to the decision, uh, overall. Yeah. yeah. You, you also mentioned that, uh, you, you had some, yeah, some issues with, with labels promising stuff and, and not mm -hmm. like delivering and that also weighing on you. And yeah, I, I, I'm curious if you're like, what did you learn from that experience? And are you like in an, do you have like an, an another mindset now? Because those issues might reappear now. Um, like, yeah, the industry absolutely. hasn't changed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Not, not to really speak on, um, any of those other <coughs> labels or anything. Um, but, I probably one of the biggest things that that really hit the most was uh, my my album that ended up dropping on Glitch wasn't actually an album for Glitch, but mm. I I'm so thankful that it dropped on Glitch because I feel like that was that's where it should have been. That's where it should have yeah. been the whole time, you know, just because of the relationship that I have with the label owner um, and a, as much as support uh, that I've received from Geo. I feel like that was the best place at that point for that album to be. But originally it was, it was set for a year prior, uh, on a completely different label. And, um, the, the date just kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed until mm. I ended up pulling it because, um, at that point I was starting to consider retiring the alias and I really wanted that to drop. I really wanted those tunes out and, um, I was able to thankfully get that released, but, um, I, I sort of, I feel like in the, in that time when I was making music, it was, I was trying to get this label release or this label release. And I got to experience that, that dynamic of label managers and dates and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a very different side that a lot of like the average listener, they don't really get to see that side of the industry. They mm -hmm. just, you know, they just hear the music, but it's, it's different. And as an artist, it's a lot to deal with that, um, and, and sort of in my mind, it was sort of just easier at that point to just send music to, to Gio because I knew yeah. that he supported my music a uh, hundred times. And it was, yeah. it was like, that's, that's sort of my go-to. That's where I'm just going to send my music from now on. That's where I'll release. And my yeah. mindset going back into Alexander, it's, I want to be open-minded and, and try other, other labels out. I, I ended up getting some messages near the tail end of Alexander's career 
where, you know, labels saying, Hey, we really want a sound from you. We, you know, we'd love an EP. And I had to decline just because at that time I was already planning the, the, mm. re, the retiring of the alias. So I'll probably reach out to those labels again. Um, the ones that, uh, I was in contact with prior, um, just because there were some other labels that I, I, I wanted releases on. Um, but I feel like most of my releases are going to be going through glitch. Um, mm. just because I feel like that's, feel like that's my home. I think that's like yeah. my home label with, with geo. Um, but yeah. I mean, of course any, any opportunity could come up in the future, um, that may change that answer. But as of right now, um, I, I'm going to be doing a lot of glitch releases and mm. uh, hopefully some others. Uh, Alexander's sound has definitely changed. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm so curious to hear. Like, Yeah. That was uh, sort of the reason in doing the Phoenix and Caldera alias, just because I feel like, and, and I, we kind of discussed this earlier, how like an artist has like their, their sound um, mm. and not, not to say that it's, you know, instantly recognizable, but you could definitely hear a song and say, Hey, that, you know, that sounds like so-and-so without even looking at the artist's name. Mm. And the last thing I wanted to do was, was launch this secret alias and then have people say, that's Alexander. <laughs> I've what heard is this he before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot more of an experimental sound now, uh, in my German bass. Um, I, I will say that I was primarily a liquid artist before. Mm. Um, and now we're kind of pushing the boundaries on that. We're changing, changing the yeah changing the the norm i guess for alexander it's not really what it used to be still nice. a very there's there's an emphasis on atmosphere um regardless yeah. of what subgenre of drum and bass i get into it's yeah. that's sort of the biggest thing for me is atmosphere uh, a lot of orchestral elements as mm. you mentioned in uh, that other episode but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah a lot of a lot of really cool stuff to come i hope i'm <laughs> I, i'm interested like what kind of because you, you mentioned, well, I mentioned in the intro, but uh, you, you had your other alias, Vintage Reel, uh, yeah. which was focused on, on Synthwave. And you mentioned, you talked about hip hop. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious, in, in that break, like you could have experimented with any genre if you wanted oh, and did. pursued a million other avenues that probably are more popular in the, in the US, like trap yeah. or whatever. What kind of like in the end, like <sighs> pulled you back towards drone bass? Um... Well, so, yeah, yeah, I, I never stopped making uh, hip hop. Uh, it, I've, 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 I've been making it for at least ten years now. So that that's something that I continued doing, um, whether it was selling beats, just because it, it seemed like a good revenue source for, uh, at this point, relatively a, a, a low amount of work, like a, a little time, just because of how much I've been doing it. Um, so I still I still did that and I experimented with other genres like I, I ended up dropping a couple trance projects on the Alexander alias years ago um, and they were terrible. They're awful. <laughs> just just bad. Like I can I can be honest, um, but I ended up making a completely separate alias for trance and mm -hmm. progressive house, progressive trance, that whole that sort of genre and um making i had artwork and everything i had a handful of releases publicly for for that alias um it's eden speed i don't know if if anybody would want to check it out but i i did a lot of releases on that and for whatever reason i i couldn't tell you i i 
had like a handful of tunes waiting to go, ready for for uh, dropping, and I just never dropped them. Um, I love trance. I, I love the genre, um, but I don't know if it just didn't like. I didn't feel the same way about it as I felt about drum and bass. Mm. So it, it, you know, and I even got to experience uh, trance live at EDC, and that's a whole different experience from anything else. Mm. It's it's amazing, but it was very. Um, it's very different from drum and bass and I feel like maybe that contributed to me not continuing with it, not continuing to, mm. to release the music. Um, still a big passion for it. I, I still love listening to it and I, I would still produce it now, but um, I just haven't. So that I, I dude, I, I'm just like infamous at this point for just letting aliases die. So I let that <laughs> alias die. Um, it's like your brand now. <laughs> and then this, oh, this, this other one. Oh my God, I didn't even launch this one. Um, it was a, it was a dubstep and trap alias, um, which in the states huge. The, the yeah, dub yeah. scene, dub rhythm trap, all of that is huge in in the U.S. And so I thought that would be an awesome opportunity to be able to share, you know, that my music with everybody. And I put in months and months. I, I actually, I started production on this alias while I was in the Alexander, like alias still, um, and just practicing sound design, learning how to make uh, a lot of different sounds. Um, and dude, I, I, the whole social media kit, the, the profile pictures, um, the debut EP ready collabs with artists and I just never, uh, never pulled the trigger <laughs> on it. It's literally just a dead alias waiting to go live and it's just not, um, there's just, yeah, there's nothing on there. And so from that to, you know, to trance to the synth wave, um, I've been a big lover of synth wave and, uh, found for me at least that it was relatively easy to make just because of my ex my experience and my time in music production, mm. and um, I, I I write ninety nine percent of my productions from the piano first, um, yeah. and so being able to play a lot of the a lot of the synthwave tunes that I loved, it, it was like you know this is this seems awesome. Let me let me pursue this. This sounds mm. like something really cool but synthwave is an incredibly niche genre probably smaller than drum and bass and so it probably is yeah i'm not sure but i'd say yeah it is, yeah. it's so when i when i realized like this is another really really small genre you know you're not going to be able to like touch a lot of people with this music either it's like man i i i i, I tried all these different avenues i guess in my head and none of them really seemed to bring me the same enjoyment that mm. drum and bass did. Um, and so I, I, I don't know if all of those failed attempts <laughs> led to me experimenting with drum and bass again, but... Um, probably did, I'd say. It it may have, just because yeah. as an artist, you could probably relate to this. Like, you strive for that. You strive for that feeling. It's mm. like, it, it's something it's something so unique. It's It's different than like when you're eating something and it tastes really good or like when, you know, any of like accomplishments or any like feeling that you could feel to create something. Mm. It's, it's so different. Um, yeah, yeah. not to shit on like the average listener, but that's not, that's not the point of this. It's sort of like as a creator, like a content creator or anything, like if you, if you make something, <clears throat> yeah. the feeling that you get, like while you make it and like the accomplishment of making it 
it's unique to that. Like you can't, you can't feel that you can't experience that anywhere else. Yeah. Um, For me, it's the, it's, it's kind of the, the magic of, of having like, there's, there's nothing. And then after a few hours, you <laughs> create something yeah, in the, in, like in the universe that wasn't there before. You know Definitely. what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. And I, could, I could totally relate to that. For me, even if like the track is sucks or whatever, it's still yeah. something that didn't exist. And because you focus your time on it, now it does exist. And yeah, I totally relate to your feeling like obviously yeah. writing tracks sometimes is hard and you're kind of struggling to put it together. But every now and then you'll get that that fleeting moment of mm -hmm. of of oh yeah that's the hook i was looking for yeah. all day long and then yeah that's definitely. the feeling you're chasing yeah i i could i could totally totally back that 100 percent. that's so true and i feel like even being uh when i was doing drum and bass and i, I feel like this might have actually contributed to the burnout um i i was doing my twitch streams and like I said, I, I love that, that feeling that you get when you, when you create. Um, but I was, I was making a new track from scratch on stream, almost every stream, like almost every day. Um, and that, that's very difficult to do. Mm. Uh, and so I feel like that also contributed to me losing the inspiration or the, or the motivation to, to want to continue yeah. doing that. So, uh, so at this point, if I do, um, I guess I can't say if I'll be obviously bringing back the Alexander alias, but I don't know if I'll be bringing back the streaming as I was doing it before. Mm. Um, at this point in time, I guess for, for people that have like the, the video option for the, for the podcast, um, this huge banner behind my head and says the technician, I do stream <laughs> now. Um, but it's a, it's a primarily gaming channel. I, I haven't done any sort of music or music production on the channel. Mm. Um, so I don't, I, I, as much as I enjoyed streaming and building that community that I built on my Twitch channel and my Discord, it, you know, awesome, awesome people. And I was able to uh, actually influence a lot of people from my Twitch streams, which I, I really didn't know about at the time. But as much as I enjoyed doing that and, and I loved building those connections, I don't know if I'd be willing to start up the production streams again or, or the feedback streams just because as an artist, it takes, it takes a lot yeah, out of yeah. me. It really does. Yeah. Dude, it's a yeah, it's super important to like pace yourself as well and like not burn out in the first few months. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Uh, just yeah. yeah, take it at your own your own rhythm for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's just like sh shifting away just slightly from music is uh, sure. I'm I'm usually just interested by whatever my guest is is busy with in their life at the moment. Yeah. So what's who's a uh, tech tech ninety five or tech ninety five? Tech ninety five. <laughs> who's um, that? <laughs> Well, so yeah, so obviously I, I stepped away from music and there was a lot of free time, I guess you could say. Um, I, I started a job, a full-time job a couple years ago, uh, right at, at the tail end of the Alexander alias. And that occupied a lot of my time, but I, I still, in my free time, I would pursue those other musical aliases that died out or, um, or I play games. I've, I've been playing games for a long time now and I'd introduced gaming on the Alexander streams a few times, but I felt that obviously because of the primary audience on the channel, I I had fewer viewers when I gamed uh, in comparison to when I streamed music, you know? Mm. Understandably so. I, I get it. Um, that's what my viewers wanted to see. That's what they're used to seeing. So when I would switch it up and play games on the channel, it, it kind of, you know, it, it didn't perform as well, I guess you could say. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I thought that I was, um, it sounds so stupid saying, but I thought I was an entertaining guy yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I thought I had a, you know, a decent sense of humor. So, um, I decided, you know what, if, you know, I, I would like to stream again. So let me, let me try to put like a gaming community together. Um, so I, I started streaming, gosh, I don't know, two, probably two years ago. Right after Alexander, I started streaming gaming on a, a separate Twitch channel. Um, and it was the name and the whole branding alias, everything. It just came from my job. Like I'm a wind tech. Uh, I work on wind turbines. Uh, and it was kind of like, you know, what what should my name be? What should my whole mm -hmm. alias be? And I, man, I went back and forth trying to figure out something that seemed clever or something that you know, like, should I wear a stupid costume? You know, like everything <laughs> streamers, they all have to have like uh, a gimmick, you know? And I, yeah, and I figured yeah. like, why am I trying so hard? Like, let me just do something relatable, you know? And so I, I figured I, I could be like the technician because that's, that's what I do for work. And um, a lot of people see the name tech 95 and they think that it's like inspired by tech nine, um, which it's actually not 95 mm. is just my birth year. Yeah. That's what I was guessing. <laughs> I've never actively listened to tech nine. I have heard, I've heard his music, but it's not like, Oh, this is, yeah. you know, let me, let me make a spin off of this. Yeah. It was just, it was, yeah, it's just my, my job and my birth year tech tech 95, the technician. Yeah. Um, so I, I ended up doing that for a little bit on Twitch and, did some research into the analytics of it. And, um, I found that with other streaming platforms, uh, you as a creator, you're treated differently. You, uh, you get, uh, different percentages in terms of income and things like that. And Twitch takes like, they take the most from the streamer, oh, really? uh, in terms of donations, subscriptions, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, okay. so it ended up leading to, to me switching to the Facebook creator, uh, platform, um, so now, yeah, so that's, I stream uh, irregularly on my Facebook, uh, my Facebook page. Okay. Uh, but that's, yeah, it's like I said, it's 100% gaming. <coughs> At this point in time, I really don't see me introducing music into that platform. Yeah, no, if, um, if I did stream music again, music production, um, it would, it would be either on the Alexander page or I would try to go find my old Alexander Twitch page, but mm. that's that's a very, 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 uh, slight chance. Uh, just cause I don't, uh, like I said, it takes a lot out of the artist, um, yeah, doing yeah. that sort of thing. So that's sort of, yeah, that's, that's sort of what's going on now. Um, uh, creatively, uh, like I, like I said, I'm, I'm still doing hip hop. Um, I've even gotten into, I've been taking a lot of, uh, a lot of singing lessons and mm -hmm. I've been uh, doing a lot of singing. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's sort of like taking, uh, taking part into my hip hop production as well um creating um like a whole like artist based on that just singing and being an r&b singer yeah. it's, it's it's crazy man it's been it's been a pretty crazy couple of years um but a lot of my time is is dominated by my job so mm. um that contributes to you know am i streaming tonight fuck mm. no i'm gonna eat and go to bed <laughs> it's uh yeah. it's it's not like working like at a grocery store you know it's it's a pretty yeah. pretty physically intense uh job so it, it it can take a lot out of you but that yeah. that's pretty much that's everything for me at, at this point is just my job uh streaming streaming technician and 
I'll be finding so, time to uh, make drum and bass uh, in, in the cracks, you know, <laughs> in when, the cracks. when I get so, a, 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 you know, a few minutes of time. <laughs> t t tell me a bit about your, your job, because I've never, obviously I've seen wind turbines yeah. everywhere, but I've never spoken to anybody that actually works on one. I've seen, yeah, a, so, did you see the, did you see the camo and crook DJ set on a wind turbine? They did one Oh my gosh, yeah. And I'm still... <laughs> Knowing my job and the safety, like, safety policies concern, we have, safety. dude, I was freaking out. I was like, how were they allowed? Number one, how were they allowed to do this? There had to yeah. be, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel weird speaking on it, but there had to be a lot of like a lot of money or something that went into it just because the, it depends on, okay. So it depends on the customer, whoever owned the site, whatever company was running the site. Um, because yeah, there's just, there's a lot logistically that can go wrong mm. and dude, they had to have signed a million waivers. There's no, <laughs> there's no way around it. Like you, yeah. you know, it's just even a, with, with my job, we have to follow so many safety policies, um, especially because if an accident happens, if you weren't following, you know, whatever safety things that you needed to, you're now liable. Like you're at fault for yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that incident. Um, God forbid if it ends up being a lethal one, yeah. Um, nobody's getting that insurance check, you know, so it's, yeah, yeah. companies want to protect themselves. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I did, I saw, <laughs> I saw videos of that and it was pretty unsettling to watch. I mean, I thought, damn, how cool would that be? And it's like, maybe I should do that with, you know, the, yeah. the background that I had. And, um, <coughs> it's, I know it's, it's, it's an awesome job. Honestly, like I, I went from working customer service in restaurants and retail stores to working in like a blue collar industry. Um, it, it's something that I never thought I would do ever, but mm. I love the dynamic of it. Honestly, I, I would rather do what I'm doing now than work in a restaurant again. Oh God, yeah. I would never work in a restaurant. I, <laughs> it takes a special kind of person to do customer service. I feel like I'm a very patient person, but I'm just not that patient. I, yeah. I can't do it. It's too, it's too stressful. It sounds so stupid, but until you've worked customer service, you really won't understand that dynamic. Um, mm. There's all those memes that go around about like Karens and, you know, let me talk to your manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are honestly the easiest people to deal with. It's the okay. other people that you have to deal with that are, Oh my God, man. Like, just like not, Do you have any experience like memories? <sighs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Unfortunately I do. Uh, so it's like, so I was working there. There was a retail store that I, I don't know if it's if it's international or not. Uh, it's called Target, but hmm. um, I worked in the electronics department, and it was like right next to the toys section. So obviously, you know, there would be frequent kids running through those aisles, and I would have to I would be charged with zoning that area and basically zoning if you never worked in retail. It's, um, putting everything back where it goes basically okay. it sounds like such a simple concept but after you spent 30 minutes zoning <coughs> in aisle 6f of toys you go around the corner and then you you know zone aisle 6e and you look back around the corner f is <laughs> it's fucked it's <laughs> it's it, a war zone <laughs> it's worse because <laughs> kids 24 7 just running up and down uh, tormenting the whole place I had somebody uh, in a restaurant one time when I was working as a host, they came into the restaurant and uh, it was a, 
it was it was a restaurant that was in like a, a really big shopping center, like a like a mall. You know, it's a very very popular uh, side of town, and um, it would be very very busy Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. You know, that's the time that everybody's going out. So not to say that you should have expected a wait when you get to a restaurant like this, but it's common. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. one of the guests I had, she decided to make a comment on that. Um, and she said something along the lines of, uh, you know, I've, I've always received terrible service every time I've come here. It wasn't Jesus. like it wasn't a complaint like she was saying, I need to speak to your manager. I need to, you know, like something is, is wrong. It was just like her. It was just her sharing her opinion, you know, yeah, just disdain. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and me as 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 a host, I'm standing there like uh, it, to me, it's it's kind of mind boggling why you come back. Yeah, yeah, if you, yeah. If you receive terrible service every time you come here, there's plenty of places. <laughs> unless you're a glutton for punishment, like that's that's oddly like that's oddly torturous of yourself to just put yourself through that on a regular yeah, yeah. basis. It's just, and but you can't say any of that, you know. You just yeah, you're kind of yeah. just like, I'm sorry, uh-huh. you know. It's gonna be another fifty minutes. Uh, get a go next door to Denny's or IHOP. Like I don't. So it just, you deal with, yeah, you deal with a lot of stupid mm-hmm. people, um, which I guess is insensitive to say, but the, the contrast from being in that environment to now working in a blue collar industry, um, we all like all of my, all of my coworkers, like my crew, we, um, we get to talk however we want. We get to act mm-hmm. however we want. Okay. Within, within limits, but sure. Yeah. As way, I just got I my whole crew fired. Um, it's <laughs> like you get, you know, there's, there is no customer service element to it. So we don't have yeah. to censor our thoughts. We don't have to censor yeah. the way that, you know, the way that we're, we're doing, I mean, we, we work a certain way, you know, we get our jobs done and everything, but at the end of the day, I don't have to worry about a, a customer like, coming up to me and, and, and bitching about the service they're receiving yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. if I'm working uh, like with my hands and, you know, it's, uh, I'm working in a very dirty job, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of grease and oil and just a lot of shit that I'm working with. And, you know, at the end of the day, I might be covered in sweat and it's just, I don't have to worry about, Oh God, a customer's going to see me like, Oh, that's gross. Like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't care. Like, I just feel like I feel so comfortable working in, in, in this sort of industry where you yeah. have the freedom to to really have no filter i guess um yeah, yeah, yeah and the fact that it is a trade skill it's like it's it's an it's an industry like that to where it's not you know you're not making minimum wage you know mm-hmm. i'm not rich by, by any doubt but i'm doing i'm doing well for myself you know i'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. living on my own have my own place have my own vehicle um i feel like this job has given me a lot of uh, a lot of freedom a lot yeah, of opportunity yeah. um and so that's I love my job. Not to get too much into the technical details of what I do on a day to day at my job, but yeah, no, sure. Um, but, uh, a brief summary: I, I climb a yeah, tower yeah. at least once a day, depending on my my job scope, and uh, fix it or, or just do like preemptive maintenance, like just like you would on on a vehicle. It's just yeah, yeah. you could just treat it like your your car. You know, your car is going to need um, cleaning. It's going to need oil changes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so this yeah, is yeah. basically that, just on a larger scale. This this might be a stupid question, but do you get to kind no. of enjoy the view as well, or? Yeah, yes. <laughs> First time I climbed one, hell no. It was the the worst experience <laughs> of my life, especially since it was it was just after my climb test. So I just started. Um, 
I just started uh, in in the industry, um, and they said, uh, you know, if you need if you're going to have this job here, you need to pass the climb test, uh, yeah. which is they give you this this time limit to get up the tower. Um, yeah. And the towers at my site are 300 feet, and there are sites that have taller towers, but. I'd never climbed before. So they said, oh, you uh, have to do this in 15 minutes. I was like, I guess I'll be packing my bags because I'm not, <laughs> this isn't, I'm not going to be able to do this. And, uh, I, I don't know. It was, it was, I was, I was definitely close to the line. I was, it, it could have been like 12, 13 minutes, something like that. But, yeah. um, by the time I got up, yeah, man, I was, I was gassed and I had an experienced climber climbing with me. Um, and he kept he kept telling me as soon as I was getting back on the ladder, he's like, "Dude, like, you need to slow down. You need to take your time," because I guess I was. It looked like I was really going through it. And okay. when I got up to the top, I was, dude, I was ready to pass out. And then I got to go up top and like stand up there. And the last thing you want to do uh, when you're about to pass out is stand on a on a platform, 300 <laughs> feet in the sky. I yeah, we're imagine. tied off, but it was, dude, it was dude. so unsettling. I, I felt dizzy. The elevation where I moved to get this job is is a lot higher than where I originally lived, so being up that high, especially oh, yeah, yeah. after that that physically intense climb, <laughs> dude, I was I was in rough shape. But that so that I could say at that point in time the view sucked. I wish I was back on the ground in yeah, yeah. the work truck headed back to the shop, you know. But it's um yeah, even on my personal Facebook page, I've shared a lot of videos. They they have like there's certain proprietary information that prevents us from taking a lot of pictures and videos and yeah. stuff like that. But, um, things that I have been allowed to share that I legally can share, like I've shared videos and pictures. It's such a cool environment, man. And like I said, it's the contrast of, of being in a restaurant at 6 PM on a Friday night at, at the, the front door, like greeting guests as they come in to sitting on top of a wind turbine and like yeah. looking at the view. It's like, why would I ever go and you know, yeah. why would I do that again? This is, this yeah. is it, man. It's it's an awesome career opportunity. I, and renewable energy isn't going anywhere. It's you know, yeah, for sure. I don't know yeah. if it's the future, but there's a lot of um, um, what is it? Uh, when you don't have to worry about losing your job, what the hell is it? Job security. A lot of so, job yeah, security. Yeah, yeah. I feel like with it, I don't. I don't feel like wind energy is going anywhere. Yeah. except for bigger like they just keep building wind farms it's just yeah. what they do so yes yeah, i think it's definitely going to be part of the energy mix in the future it's probably mm -hmm. not never going to be like the entire the entire solution because there's always that aspect of like if there's no wind if there's no sun like how, yeah uh, like <laughs> how does there's that work of, yeah there's a lot of yeah. elements that go into it um but yeah. it's i still like it's still a very viable option it's a good yeah. career opportunity and as of right now, until somebody offers me more money to go somewhere else, I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging out. So, yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's also yeah. a cool contrast from like, I work in an office job and I'm, I've been working for, from home for like ever. And mm -hmm. when I'm finished working, I'm still behind my screen cause I'm either doing music or my podcast or stuff. Yeah. So I'm kind of like <laughs> in this box all the time. Whereas like for you, it seems like a nice contrast of being, outside on top of yeah. a wind turbine then coming home and doing your streams or whatever yeah it's it's a cool it's a cool like change of pace uh, every day um i feel like at this point if it wasn't for my job i would get probably very little physical activity but <laughs> it does i mean 
and I've, I've talked to guys that have been climbing for years, like the climb doesn't really get easier. It's, it's, it sucks every time yeah, it just yeah. sucks. But if that's the worst part of your job, it lasts like three, four minutes at yeah, this yeah, point, yeah. you know, because I've been doing it so long, it, it, it's like, that's it. And, and then, you know, I get to, I get to go to work. Um, and then a lot of the, uh, you know, it, it's not always, you know, an up tower thing, you know, sometimes we'll be down tower fixing something, but it's, it, like I said, it it takes a lot out of you sometimes. So when I get off work and I come home, it's like, dude, I don't want to work out. I don't want to go to the gym. I kind of just want to veg, yeah, just yeah, have yeah. some, have some dinner and, you know, stream or, or play games or whatever, or make music. So it's, it's, it's nice being able to get out and get that fresh air. Um, mm. however, something out here during the summer, something out here in, in, in the, the pollen or whatever it is, it really destroys me. And, um, thank God that the podcast is being recorded today and not <laughs> a week ago because, oh man, dude, the allergies that I get, it, it literally affects me from like May, we'll say May until mid September. And oh, I just felt the whole time, dude, I'm just sneezing, runny nose. Like it's awful. My allergies out here are incredibly severe. I've never dealt with it like growing up back in California yeah. where I'm from, but something out here really, really fucks with me. But um, where are you based actually? So I, I so as I mentioned, I, I was from California. I, yeah. I was just outside of LA, but I took this job. They offered me, um, it, it was a wind farm in Wyoming. Okay. So it's, uh, it's the northern northern part of the U.S. and um, uh, I, it's it, the wind farms in Hannah. It's like a, a southeastern Wyoming, but uh, a beautiful area uh, compared to where I grew up. I, I grew up in uh, like a desert, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wyoming you know, is the one with like the, the beautiful views and the mountains and uh, there's uh, yeah, there's a handful of states uh, in the U.S. that are like that, and and Wyoming is definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, uh, just being at that at the wind farm, uh, some of the views like a three sixty, especially when you're up on top of the uh, the wind turbine, you, you being able to see all around you, the the view is incredible, absolutely yeah. incredible, better than anything that I experienced back home in California. <laughs> I mean, Hollywood is nice, but it's not yeah. it's not the same, dude. It's it's just not. I, I love it here, honestly. If if I lost this job and I had to choose between staying here to find another job or going back to California, I guess there's a lot of political reasons that will affect this decision too. But mm. um, just aesthetically, I, I would probably stay here. It's just yeah. it's such a it's such a beautiful place. Um, the winters are harsh. Uh, I'll give it that. Like very <laughs> harsh. But yeah. it's... Uh, Probably the it's cost of living good. also is... is oh, like definitely. Way, compared, to, yeah. uh, compared to Southern California, I mean, that's... It, what I'm paying now, it's probably like half of what you'd have to pay to Jesus. get like a studio or one bedroom. And I have like, um, it's basically a house. It's like one side of a duplex. Yeah. Um, so I have my own kitchen, two bedrooms, bathroom, living room, all of that, yeah. you know, backyard. It, you couldn't get that in, in California for <laughs> what I'm paying now. It's it's ridiculous. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons that would really influence that decision. But yeah. definitely one of the biggest ones is um, just the environment. I love it out here. Yeah. Um, I, I miss my people back uh, back in Cali, but this is definitely definitely a better place in my opinion. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely need to visit one day. I've said this before, but I've I've traveled quite a bit, but I've never been to the US before. Yeah, and uh, I was supposed to go to California, actually, uh, San Francisco, early oh, yeah. twenty twenty, and 
And that was like, we had planned it just before COVID hit. And then mm -hmm. obviously, fuck your plans, fuck everything. Yeah, exactly. You're not doing anything. <laughs> exactly. You, you thought you were going to California. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of really cool touristy spots that you can visit in the U.S. Um, California has a handful of those spots, of course. Mm. Uh, as I mentioned, Hollywood or even as you, as you mentioned, San Francisco is an awesome place. Yeah, um, for me it was even more like San Diego because uh, I was heavy into punk yeah. rock and like Blink and all that those bands and so for yeah. me to go to actually San around San Diego and kind of yeah. see that that whole vibe was like their environment uh, <laughs> they were in. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a cool place. I've been to San Francisco a few times. Um, I actually went one of the uh, one of the first drum and bass shows I actually went to see. Uh, Edlin was actually playing mm. at a, a club in San Francisco, so I went up to it was probably five, six hours away from where I lived at the time in, in Southern California. So I, I, I made a little bit of a journey to go up there to see it. Um, but uh, there's there's definitely a lot of really aesthetic views up there, man. Um, yeah. And even even in Wyoming, I, I don't know if you've heard of Yellowstone Park. It's it's like a yeah, national yeah. park. So that's that's uh, that's also in Wyoming. Um, but there's just yeah, there's so many. And I've only been to a handful of states. Uh, I, there's so many other cool uh cute like cool views and things that you can see in different states of the u.s but um mm. obviously if you know if you if you got covid to worry about uh you know that that could probably affect if you're gonna travel or not yeah um, it's you know that that kind of sucked it came at a, at a bad time and i feel yeah. like i feel like if i was still if i was active in alexander a year ago um i feel like i could have made so much music when COVID first happened, you know, and every everybody was quarantined, you couldn't really go out. I feel like that would have yeah. been an awesome opportunity. Like I could have put probably an album or something together. But yeah, man, let's not live no. in regret, you know. No, we'll, exactly. Uh, no point looking looking to yeah. the past, and uh, everybody but has I, their own path and their own. Yeah, you know. I mean, while I so while I didn't get to to really do that too much, I did. Like I said, I, I experimented with those other genres and. And even now, the sound of Alexander—it's—it's it's different. It's the same, but it's different. Mm. Um, I got to do a lot of practice on my um, uh, on mixing and and a lot of stuff production focused. I, I got a lot of practice on. Mm. Um, so it, it it should be it should be interesting to see the response for some of the tunes that are going to be going to be coming out. I'm excited yeah. to share them, man. I really am. Just I'm, I'm excited to hear them. Yeah. yeah, just 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 some of the reactions uh, I'm hoping for. It's like there's there's no way this is an Alexander tune, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm gonna slowly slowly wrap this up. It's been a yeah, of course. yeah absolute pleasure talking with you, man, and, and meeting you. Uh, <laughs> My pleasure, really man. Like I said, I've never been um, I've never been in this setting, and you know, even though I streamed all those all those years and everything, it's still. This was this was sort of nerve wracking to get on. It's it's a little different, I guess, for me. But I appreciate the opportunity, man. Um, who would have thought that a simple mistake by Facebook would have uh, <laughs> ended up with me, uh, you know, coming onto your podcast? It's awesome. Yeah. I feel like it's a it's a great platform that you offer here. I, I think it's an excellent opportunity for artists, and uh, I, I think that uh, I I hope at least that a lot of people will be able to check out the episode and and get to hear the the backstory on a lot of controversy that was you know floating around my name over the years it if there's anything that i want people to know it's that you know i i never was trying to do anything shady with you know my, my sampling or anything like that it wasn't 
it wasn't something that you know I was trying to like go behind producers' backs or any any of that stuff like that. Um, I, at the end of the day, I was just trying to make music that I thought was cool, you know, that I that yeah. I loved, and I wanted to share it with as many people as I could. So that's sort of that's sort of the the, the emphasis with me bringing the alias back. Uh, I, I'm still going to be sampling. Um, and at this point, if I, you know, receive messages of, of criticism or, or, you know, you're doing this wrong and this is not how you're supposed to do it. It's kind of like, whatever, man, like I'm yeah. just, I'm just <laughs> making the music that I love. And if you like yeah. it, then you do. If you don't, then don't listen. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, no, definitely. I think that's... definitely like through that video you put out, you came across like very, you were very genuine and the fact we didn't even mention it, but the Shrine Sample Pack, which is probably like the most used and shared sample pack in, in in Liquid, at least. Like. I still, I still don't believe that. I, I still don't believe that. And when I when I mentioned, I logged back onto my SoundCloud to receive a plethora of messages. There were people messaging me their tunes that they made with the Shrine Pack. Dude, yeah. I thought three people downloaded that pack. I thought nobody no, used it. It's, it's Had huge, no clue. But dude, that sample pack is like huge and the quality of those breaks and all the hits and everything. Honestly, it's like whenever, like now through a podcast, I sometimes have people asking me for like tips or whatever on music and I don't, I don't believe I can, I'm yet in a position to give any advice on making music, but Uh. I usually send them to your sample pack. (laughs) (laughs) No way. That's that's like the first step of like, get yourself some good samples. So go there. And that'll oh get you started. Oh my God, dude. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. I mean, thank you for that. Cause like, yeah, I, I, I didn't know what I really expected in, in releasing that pack. Obviously the, the ripped breaks that I was using, uh, they were in there. Um, so I figured that that would probably cause a lot of controversy in itself, but I never heard anybody talk about it. So I mm. thought, you know, a, a few people probably downloaded it and that was maybe it. I didn't, I had no idea the outreach that that pack got. That's that's insane. That's incredible. It makes me want to make another one, honestly. Yeah. Future plans. Please do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't but yeah. know. We'll, we'll see. But, but. So, so, so that's what I, I, I was getting at. Like, obviously, like, it was kind of clear to me that there were no bad intentions from you because sharing yeah. all your breaks and all your samples, like, that's coming yeah. from a good place. So I gave away. Like, I practically gave away. Was it ten drum and bass tracks in those construction kits? Yeah, those yeah, were yeah. basically release ready, and and I just yeah. deleted the second half of it, stemmed it out, and said, you know, here, you know, try to yeah, make yeah, something yeah. with it. So that, I mean, that took a lot. <laughs> I really mm. like some of those tunes that I released as construction kits, and I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot now. Like, dang man, I <laughs> bringing back Alexander. I would have loved to have dropped that one or that one, you know, but. Yeah. I think that, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, having good sample selection, I feel is so important. Obviously, there's other elements that go into uh, a good tune, but I think good sample selection is a good start, at least. Um, and so I felt like it, it was, you know, my mission to to really provide that for new mm. upcoming producers or even people that have been doing it for a while, just to... Uh, you know, throw in a break layer or something just to mm. make your break fuller. It's just, I feel like those tools are really vital, really important for, for mm. producers. So that's sort of why I did it. I'm just, I'm happy to, to hear now that it, it, it reached so many people. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that, that was my goal. And so I, I was able to hit that goal. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I'll definitely link it in the, in the show notes again for anybody who hasn't checked it out. I, I think the link still works. So, uh, uh definitely, yeah. definitely <laughs> It should, if I, not, just let me know. Shoot me a message on Facebook and I'll send yeah, you the, yeah. uh, uh, I'll re-upload it or something, yeah. something like that. 
But in the meantime, yeah, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, man. Download really enjoyed my pack. This one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, it, it really has, man. I, I I can't thank you enough for having me on the episode. No, I really no, appreciate it. Um, assuming that this uh, probably probably right around the date that this this is going to be live, I'll be I'll be either debuting an Alexander uh, tune uh, to you know to do the revival or. Uh, the announcement video will be dropping. So stay mm. tuned, guys. Um, a lot of exciting stuff to come. And uh, and so maybe quickly mention your yeah. your socials or like where can people like check um, you out if, yeah, yeah, if yeah. people so, haven't heard of you maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought nobody had, dude. I didn't think, <laughs> I really didn't think uh, I, I had like a big name in the scene. But uh, my SoundCloud is at Alexander Official if you want to follow um there are, uh, I, I mentioned I purged all my other social media. So my, my Instagram, it's Alexander official, but there's nothing on it as of right now. My Twitter, and this pains me that this is the name, but it's at real Alexander. What a, <laughs> You're such the a real dumbass. One. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I, I imagine just making all your socials match, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Idiot. But <laughs> so that's my Twitter is at real Alexander. Like I said, there's nothing on on those accounts, but my SoundCloud still has all of the uploads and the reposts and and everything is still on my SoundCloud that you'll be able to hear, and that is at uh, Alexander Official, um, and that that should be it. My YouTube isn't. There's like t ten subscribers on my YouTube, so I don't have like a custom URL. I, I don't know mm. what the YouTube at is, but mm. you look up Alexander, it, it should pop up. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes anyway for, for this. Yeah, that'll be perfect. But, uh, but yeah, awesome. it's been a pleasure, man. Really looking forward to those tunes of yours. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, all the best with your future ventures. Yeah. Thank you once again. Thank you to uh, thank you to everybody who's ever supported an Alexander tune. This uh, this comeback is for you 100%. <laughs> so all thank right. you. Thank you. Cheers, man.